This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. I've got a prop of of, uh, ice cream here. I'm not going to eat it in front of you. But if you had, say, an ice cream shop or a store, grocery store, and you sold ice cream, but you had a choice of only picking one flavor, okay, only one flavor, you would choose to sell vanilla ice cream. That's not just because vanilla is popular. It is hugely popular. Vanilla ice cream, your mouths are just water. Vanilla ice cream sells more than twice as much, more than twice as much as anything that comes in second, which happens to be chocolate. And chocolate sells twice as much as any, any other flavor. So if you had one choice, you could sell one flavor, you would sell vanilla ice cream. And if you and I want to grow spiritually, we want to be a spiritual, we want to be a godly person, we have an equally compelling choice. Okay? If you could do one thing, one thing to mature in your faith, the most significant thing you can do, hands down, no question, would be to reflect, to reflect on God's word. And that's according to, there, there's some research that was done, it was published in, in 2011, uh, over a six-year period of time, over a thousand churches, over a quarter of a million people surveyed, the number one most significant thing they did to grow in their faith, in a sense, the, the spiritual equivalent of vanilla ice cream is reflecting on God's word. No question about it. And that, that's the reason I picked Second Timothy, the passage that was just read for us, because that passage talks all about the importance, the value of being in God's word. So I'm going to go back through that just slower through those verses. So I want to read again verses, let's see, 14 and 15. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. But as for you, continue, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This has been literally true for me. I have known from infancy or or young childhood the Holy Scriptures. They have been taught to me, preached to me. I had my own personal Bible from childhood. And I hope as adults that can be true for any of the children in our midst that They see a part of our home life when you have a chance to mentor or teach. If if some of those are your abilities, that you're mentoring and teaching the children in our midst, like people are doing right now with Kids in the Rock. And it says to continue in this, continue in what you have learned, so 
it's not like, well, I had it as a child, you know, been there, done that. Continue through adulthood in being in God's word. James Hamilton had this quote. I've used it before. I I just love this quote. The Bible will stand a thousand readings, and he who has gone over it most frequently is the surest of finding new wonders there. It is true. You can go over it and over it and over it and find new wonderful things in the Bible. It is very true. Starting as small children and continuing through adulthood, reflecting on God's Word, that is the vanilla ice cream, the most significant thing you can do to mature in your faith. No contest, no question about it. The most significant thing you can do. Next verse, verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed. Just think about even just that little part of it. If it's called Scripture, it is, it is God. It's from the breath of God. That, that is a huge statement. What, what does all Scripture mean? We're reading in the letter to Timothy, and when that letter was written, there were parts of the New Testament that hadn't even been written yet. So what does he mean when he says all Scripture? If you have a study Bible, and I, and I highly recommend a study Bible, you can look at some of the notes. I'm, I'm quite sure there will be some notes about this passage. And if you have the NIV study Bible, New International Version study, it says that all Scripture refers primarily to the Old Testament, but that some material in the New Testament was already being considered on equal authority with the Old Testament. And then it gives different Bible references, and one of those is 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, and I'm going to read that one. It says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture ever came about by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God. People weren't just sitting around, well, I think I'll just dream up something and say, God told me so. (laughs) God's Spirit prompted them to write His Word. And that passage, that Second Peter passage, has a footnote in, in a study Bible, and the footnote in one of my study Bibles said, the production of Scripture, in the production of Scripture, both God and man were active participants, but God is the source of the content. And, and what I've done just real briefly is, is model at least one way that you can reflect on Scripture. You can take just a phrase that, that seems important, okay, all scripture or some phrase. You can look at the notes at the bottom. You can look up the Bible verses, and maybe when you look up those verses, there will be other notes about that and other passages. And it might take, it could take 5, 10, 20 minutes to reflect on a phrase, and yet, really, so what? What, what is the rush? 
if we continue, just think about the logic of this. If we are going to continue all of our adult life, continue in reading the, the, the same book, what, what's the rush? Isn't it better to, to dig deep, under, understand, rather than say you've turned a whole bunch of pages, but it didn't really sink in and catch hold? Maybe the best advice I can give on, on reflecting on Scripture is just to slow down. I mean that very literally, seriously. Just slow down. But reflect on that part that you read. Last week, it took me five days, five days to get through a page and a half. Now, I happen to be reading um, in Proverbs 16. Yeah, Proverbs 16. One day I read four sentences, and I had to stop because each one was a different proverb, and my mind was going in four directions. And I thought, well, okay. And the next day I read five sentences, five verses, and it's like, I got to stop and think about this. took me five days to get a page and a half. Well, just take your time, that's the idea, and reflect on what you're reading. All Scripture is God-breathed, that phrase, God-breathed. Think about that, the, the breath of God. In the Bible, the breath of God gives life. Genesis 2, God breathes into Adam and he becomes alive. Breath of God, it's like, this isn't just... I don't know, a dead history book. It's not even primarily a theology book or an inanimate object. The, the breath of God is there. there there's a passage in, in Hebrews 4.12 It says the word of God is living and active. And sure enough, if you wanted to look at you know, the footnotes and other references, there will be references to you know, living and active. And I had one in Acts 7. 38 and 1 Peter 1.23. Here's how the Bible describes itself, some of the phrases. It, it, it is God-breathed. It is living and active. It is God's living word. If, if the best advice I can give you is to just slow down and reflect, I think the most challenging advice or thought is that that book is alive and active. See, it's just different than any other book anywhere. And that's a challenging idea. And, I, and I'm guessing if, if we aren't reading it regularly, daily, that, that we haven't, I don't know, believed or understood that concept, that God wants to speak to us in a fresh way today, tomorrow, the next day, every single day. Now, I, don't, I have no idea what you're thinking or feeling if, if people are feeling guilty or, you know, I come to church, I'm supposed to be in the Bible, I knew that, I, and you go home feeling guilty. I absolutely am not interested in that emotion. I want us to really think deeper, more on the heart level, what really do we believe, because it is a significant concept to think, this is a living 
in a sense, a living, breathing. We meet God on the pages. Do we believe that? Okay. And, and just, you know, don't answer it real quickly. Think about what, what do I believe when I'm, when I'm home in my living room and I open up. Does God talk to me? And, and reconsider on a heart level what you believe and think about the Bible. It, it's a statement of faith, okay? That it's living and active. That it's God-breathed. That, that's a statement of faith when I embrace that. I think it's part of why it's hard to, to see, for me, and I'm guessing a lot of people, that this is really special and valuable and important is that it is, it is so common. I have grown up with this. I have multiple copies of this, multiple translations of this, and so it, it is so commonplace that to say, wow, this book is head and shoulders above everything else, stands out, it's, got, it's like, I don't know, it looks like every other book I've read. And if it was not common, if we didn't have all kinds of copies, if, if they were all removed and we never had copies of anything for years of time and then somebody gave us a copy, all of a sudden we'd latch onto it in a whole new way. I have a four-minute video clip of just that. We're, we're privileged in America, but not everybody in the world has all kinds of copies and so forth. Four-minute video clip of a tribe in Indonesia that just two years ago got just the New Testament in their language for the very first time. Never had it before, but March 16, 2010 is when this uh, a plane load delivery of, of New Testament Bibles is coming to this tribe in Indonesia. And you'll see in the video a lot of things. There's a lot of excitement about it. There is reverence for God's Word. There, somebody says in there about God coming to them through His Word. Um, there's an interesting transition that happens. The, the elders of the village are the first ones that get this shrink wrap bundle of New Testaments, but they've already been taught from God's Word from the missionaries over, over time, and so they, they want so much the children to have it that symbolically they take that and they pass it on to the next generation. Anyway, there's a lot. Let, let's show that video and uh, just kind of take it in. out of the water. I thought, Lord, this is how we know that it's you doing something here.
spontaneously I don't think she they had planned for her to say anything but she just said we have taken God's word we've accepted it we've put it into our hearts and now we're going to give it to you young people who need to also take it and accept it and walk with God as he teaches in this Bible you know so they handed it off to the younger uh, believers and uh, you know, the the crying and the sobbing that took place there was just, it was something totally unexpected to me because I knew they would be happy. But the emotion that came out was just so overwhelming to me. I thought, we have no idea. You know, we have had the Word of God for so long. We have taken it for granted. We've we, we have resources, we have translations, we have, you know, all these different things, and we don't, we don't cherish it. We don't realize what a precious gift we have and hold in our hands. And these guys were realizing that and saying, God, you've come to us through the Word. gives you a little sense. We, we really are privileged to have God's living word. All scripture. It's God breathed. The life-giving breath of God is, is in the scripture. All scripture is God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You, you look at those words, teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. It it's all in there. Everything, not just for what we believe, but, but how we live. What we believe, how we live, it's all there. So we can be thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, that's, that's why, in a sense, it's the vanilla ice cream of spiritual maturity is so complete. It's all there when we read it and reflect on it for our own life. So how do we begin? Okay. 
This, this is just real practical. I want to walk through what works for me. One way of reflecting. I think we begin today. Or as early in the day as you can, I find if I wait and I don't do it in the morning, a day can get a life of its own, and it's harder to remember and do as it gets on toward evening. I encourage you, as soon as you can in any given day, to read. Come with your personal interests. And I know I've mentioned this before. I've got you know, 30, 40, 50 different topics, subtopics, things that I have in mind or on little note cards that I look for And I am amazed, and I am positive you will be amazed, that the Bible speaks to all of life. All the important things of life, things that you're interested in, it speaks to that. If you're looking for it, it's it's all over. So look for those things. Pray for the Holy Spirit's help. This is more than just an academic, okay, you're going to read a book. You're listening for God's voice. So pray and ask for him to speak, ask for him to reveal himself in his word. But then you've got to read somewhere. Where do you start? This is, this is actually a library. There are 66 books here, so where do you begin? I'll suggest begin with the New Testament. Or if you want to pick in the Old Testament, maybe Psalms or Proverbs. But pick a book and then read it. Read slowly and reflect on what you read. When we're talking about you know, listening for God to speak to you, his primary way of communicating is not in an audible voice. Okay? But you're listening. What thoughts are going through your head? What what is being stirred up in your heart and your emotions and you're listening to them? Certainly you're listening to whatever you're reading. And through those things, God speaks to us. So listen for it. And when you've heard from God, you can stop. I, I have found it pretty freeing just to kind of get rid of looking at the clock. If you hear from God in two minutes, wonderful, you can stop. If it takes an hour and two minutes, wonderful, stop. Just read till you hear from God. Focus on that, not the clock. And then repeat tomorrow. (laughs) Continue in what you have learned. Okay, so let's say you're going to do that. Okay, next 24 hours, you're going to... Pick up your Bible and say you're going to read, you're going to start in the New Testament. First book is Matthew. I don't know if you know how Matthew starts out, but it starts out with a genealogy. Yeah, right. I did look ahead at what I was suggesting here. So I thought, oh, okay, what, what do you do when you get a genealogy? So here's, here's exactly what I would do if I were reading. I'd start first and pray. <laughs> God help my attitude. I'm not exactly jumping up and down to read a list of names. But I want to hear from you, so speak to me. Amen. And if you meet that if you mean that prayer, that is a legitimate prayer. Okay? 
these are some of the reflections that I had when I looked at those verses in Matthew, a genealogy of all things. And you'll have different thoughts. There, none is right or wrong. It's just, how, how is God speaking to you through these? I look and I, and I see God is involved in history. These are real names, real people listed. So-and-so begat so-and-so, and and real places. It it gets to Babylon at the end. And in terms of my faith, and I have a, a very easy time to doubt and question, my faith is strengthened when I have some tangible things like real people, real places, historical things that happen. That helps me. So that's one pondering I had. You could notice some things relating to the patience of God. Good grief, it had to be hundreds of years before it, you know, gets to Jesus. And if I were putting together history, I think I would have had Jesus show up earlier. And I think, okay, God's patient. His timetable I don't, I don't think on God's timetable. And I think most people, most Christians want God to act a lot sooner than, than he and his wisdom chooses to act. And so this just causes me to ponder on God's timetable. And I can make personal reflections on asking God to help me be patient if he's not acting as quickly as... I want, but that, that's a thought. Another thought is, okay, realistically, we all skim through the names pretty fast. But, it, I, I do that too, but I, I do try to look, is there a name that I recognize? You know, oh, I've seen that one before. And I recognize Rahab for one of the names. It's a unique name. I think Rahab. Well, that's that lady that hid the spies. Wait a minute. <laughs> She's a prostitute. There is a prostitute in the genealogy of Jesus. And I can think, God in his grace grace and and forgiveness, (laughs) he uses a prostitute? It's pretty incredible. Can he use me and my sin and who I am? Yeah. I reflect on those things. And the last little reflection I had in there is, it's short. You know, half a page and you're into the main story. So just don't get bent out of shape over a genealogy. Okay? It's just a part of the whole thing. But there could be a lot in that. Well, when I talk about reflecting on God's Word, that is the kind of stuff I want us to be getting to. God is more interested in our heart than our head, and we can literally analyze the scripture to death. Okay? I'm not talking about being stupid about things and not, you know, just thinking any old thought. There, there's wacko things that people have come up from this, and, you know, people drink Kool Aid. Okay? I'm not talking about being stupid. But God is more interested in your heart than your head. There's a story 
there's a story of, of uh, trying to do this smoothly, and it's tricky on a set of stairs. There's some seminary students that needed to get out of the classroom, out of the library, and they enjoyed playing basketball, so they went over to a public school. There wasn't a, any basketball court in the seminary campus, so they went over to this school and played basketball, but it was a little later in the day. The janitor was there. had to clean up and close up after they were done, so the janitor would read while he's waiting for these seminary students to finish, you know, relaxing, playing basketball. One of the times after they were done playing, one of the students went over to the janitor and asked, well, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading the book of Revelation. Now, that's a heavy-duty book. You know, there's strange critters around the throne of God, and there's prophecy, and there's all kinds of different interpretations, and the second coming of Christ, and debatable things. And, but this, So the student asked the janitor, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, oh, yeah, I, I do. Well, what does it mean? And he says it means that Jesus is going to win. And he was right. And that's not just dumbing down Scripture. He got the main point. Jesus is going to win. So often we think that the A-team of a Bible reading is the scholar, the pastor, the seminary student. They have Greek and Hebrew, and that's the A-team. And the B-team is, you know, little old me in my living room, and, you know, maybe you've got a Bible handbook to support, and that's it. In much of history, that was just reversed. The A-team was the average Christian reflecting on God's word for their heart, for their life. And the B-team was the scholar that supported them, so it kept them on track. God wants to speak to you and I, he wants to speak to our heart, really the vanilla ice cream of spiritual maturity is reflecting on God's word. And I hope if we do one thing, if we do one thing, I hope we, we listen to God by reflecting on his living word. Amen. Pray with me a moment. Loving God, for for some of us, maybe many of us, this might be new territory. Please help. God, I pray that you honor every effort made to listen to you, to every effort to hear from you. God, help us to hear you amid competing voices. God, help us to not only hear, but help us to follow. For Jesus' sake, amen.